It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Beasley switching it. The U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Boyd will try to long him. What a goal from Lloyd. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. Welcome in everybody to the Horn in Austin, Texas for Soccer Matters here tonight. I do this show with a bit of a heavy heart. With changes at the station, this is our final show. And as always, it's brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. A huge thank you to John Daspit and his firm for bringing Soccer Talk to our airwaves here in Austin, Texas. Aaron Hogan and I, and you know Aaron from, from b in the mornings, uh, he helped bring Soccer Matters to Austin along with John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. So a big thank you to Aaron Hogan. Without sponsorship, you know you don't get on the air. So I don't. I do believe it's essential to support those sponsors that support your game. It's lifeblood. Uh, I also want to thank all the other hosts and program director talent, Chad Hastings as well. The production staff at the Horn, second to none. All of you guys that have helped produce my show, I want to thank you. And a grand thank you to all of you for your professionalism, your support of Soccer Matters, and getting the show on the air each and every week. Because we've done this 184 times, which is pretty crazy. That's the final episode number tonight, 184. And I, it's almost like I started this yesterday um, and how quickly this has come about. We were on the air long before Austin FC kicked the ball. Part of the interest in bringing a soccer talk show to this market was the entry in Major League Soccer of Austin FC. So I thought, well, we shine the light on the club. We start giving a platform to those who are in the key position. So we did many interviews with Austin FC and President Andy Lochnane, Josh Wolf, players as they were signed. So in a small way, I like to think we helped create a little bit of awareness around the club by bringing you interviews with their personalities and with those that were in key positions. It was fun. I've done soccer talk on the radio for well over 20 years. I started on public radio and was excited to expand this to the Austin soccer market. Also want to thank all of you because you have listened. You have downloaded the podcast. You've done the likes and everything, which in this day and age is lifeblood. It's important. The coverage of the game in the United States for me through my lens has expanded wonderfully. It is still in need, though of more healthy pressure and analysis, which in the end is good for all. Uh, We need to grow that. The clubs need it. The coaches need it. The players need it. And those like me covering the game. And you, the fans, have to provide it. Um, There are going to be more news in the future on Soccer Matters. In the meantime, you can continue to follow my other show, 
which originates out of Houston. And I intend on doing Austin FC segments on that show to keep you all connected. Plus all the international interviews, everything else. So hope you continue to follow the show. You can download it. Soccer Matters on Spotify, Google, Apple, place of your choice. Uh, also ESPN975.com. I look forward to continued trips to Austin in the future to see Austin FC games, call the University of Texas women's soccer on the Longhorn Network, which I've done for well over 10 years. It's a source of pride to me to work for Texas Athletics. It's a source of pride for me each and every time I get on the radio. So again, a big thank you to you, the listener, you, the supporter. Thank you very much for giving our show an opportunity. Soccer Matters presented by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com, 512-CALL-NOW. Until we uh, listen, talk, speak together, again, I I thank you. T-shirts, lamontbrands.com, and hats for those who've purchased. Thank you so much for that because it all goes to the 501C charity, the Snowdrop Foundation. So for those that have uh, purchased the uh, different shades of green for Austin FC or whatever color and the hats, A big thank you for that. All right, we're going to take a break. Again, Soccer Matters, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's daspitlaw.com. 512-CALL-NOW. We take a break and a heavy, heavy, heavy heartfelt thank you from me, Glenn Davis, to all who have listened in. Welcome back to Soccer Matters, uh, always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com in Houston, 713-CALL-NOW in Austin, 512-CALL-NOW. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, are bringing soccer to you on the airwaves. Um, get in a car, boat, motorcycle, accident, you need the best. It is John Daspit, Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com in Austin, 512-CALL-NOW in Houston, 713-CALL-NOW. This is a great local story because uh, our next guest, uh, Houston area youth product, went on to play professionally in Major League Soccer, uh, got into the coaching side of things after his playing career, recently got named the New Mexico United USL Championship head coach. Uh, They're coming off a 3-0 win over Sacramento. They are 4-1-2 since he took over, and they have now climbed in the Western uh, Division Uh, when it comes to their standings. He is Eric Quill. Many of you will know him, and he joins us now. Eric, thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure, Glenn. Always always fun to speak to you. Yeah, it's good. All right, 4-1-2 and since taking over. Before we get into the current form of the team, uh, last we knew you were assistant coach in Columbus. That ended with Caleb Porter being, uh, you know, moved on. This opportunity, how did it arrive How'd you decide to take it and how quick of a kind of run has this been for you? Yeah, it was really kind of a surprise out of nowhere. Um, I got a text from an unknown number and asking me if I'd be interested in a a USL championship head coaching job. And, you know, of course I'm interested and wanted to know more. So I I, uh, called the number back because I didn't have it saved. And it it was a sporting director here, uh, Ethan Markinen. And, uh, 
and we started talking and uh, he asked if I'd be willing to sort of formally interview because they had a head coach that was, it was going to leave on for a better opportunity. Um, and so he was going to look to try to, you know, find somebody pretty quickly. So we started the interview process pretty much right away. Um, and I had known about New Mexico United from, you know, I've kind of been watching him from a distance uh, a couple years ago when I was in Dallas, they played FC Dallas in the open cup and was successful against Dallas. Uh, and so really kind of put them on, my, on the map in my mind. And I just kind of been paying attention from afar. And so just, and then studying the club and, you know, you, you, you see this fan support here. Uh, the state is just uh, really bought into the, the team here and, and uh, they support it. If you, if you watch any of the games or it's amazing the support to get. So I just, and then I came and watched the game and I, I was part of the, sort of the fan experience. And that's what sold me was, uh, you know, coming to see a live game and seeing the atmosphere. I just knew it was a place that I wanted to be and, and wanted to help. Eric will take over for Zach Prince, New Mexico United. All right. So you get there. What's the first order of business? I mean, are you bringing in any staff members or is it you currently, you know, you just work with the staff that you inherit there after Zach Prince leaves? Yep. I mean, we left, we kept staff staff and they're great. And I feel very lucky um, about the staff because they're just amazing soccer minds and people. So I really lucked out and, and the, the environment I've joined. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was just basically more me adapting to them than them adapting to me. They, you know, season had already been going and my staff knows this roster better than I do. I mean, I obviously studied a bit before I took the job, but I really relied a lot on them to sort of, you know, help me kind of get my feet under me and uh yeah now i mean we're 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 doing well right now and we're hope to keep it going but it's a, obviously it's an everyday process and you got to keep invested in for the listeners uh, eric also was at north texas fc as you remember in the fc dallas organization and again came over from the columbus crew this after a long playing career in major league soccer and places like uh, kansas city with the wizards all right so you get in there how much do you change i mean mentality tactics personnel i i i get that you're listening to the guys that have been around these players but you know what type of an impact can a coach have right away obviously everybody's got to you know uh set their flag in the ground with the new coach's eyes on them but you know what do you do mentality tactics personnel uh, the personnel was, I mean, again, that's one of the reasons why I took the job was seeing the personnel was there's some really quality players here. Um, so I felt like it needed a, you know, sort of a style of play a model. Um, I think they were, they were pretty direct and, and, uh, not a lot of, you know, intricacies in the, with the ball. Um, so I really wanted to kind of change our identity, identity with the ball, um, and create more freedom and creativity and, um, and then more structure and discipline with without the ball. Uh, so we've really kind of created some real good discipline, you know, when we when we don't have it. Um, and playing the player's strengths, knowing, you know, getting now getting used to the roster is putting these guys in positions that they'll be successful. And then, you know, again, you know, as you know, like myself, when you play free and you feel um, – like you can make mistakes and, and it's not going to be, you know, these guys are, are willing, we're willing to allow mistakes, but it's our discipline when we, when we lose it, you know, how we get behind it. Um, but these guys are coming up with ideas now and there's some really good football that we're, we're growing into week to week. So I'm excited about where we are, but I'm really more excited about where we're going. 
Looked at the Sacramento highlights, Eric, and it, it looked the environment just looked great. Three goals, you beat a very, very good team. Armando Moreno has a goal and an assist. Uh, I'm reading the quotes from the players to your statement that you just made about players feeling free and enjoying the game more. Uh, you hear a lot of that coming from them. That doesn't mean you can necessarily do that. You felt you had the right players to be able to do that. Yeah. 100%. I mean, so it, uh, these are, these, these, I got a lot of great veterans here that have been around a while, along with a good combination of young players coming up. Um, and so it's a really well-balanced roster of, of guys committed, guys that have championship backgrounds to them in USL. So feel really lucky with, with the character we have in our, in our locker room. Um, and so I just needed to kind of feed their spirit and, and, you know, help change a couple of things. And, and we're, and we're rolling right now. So it's, uh, but it's always like you said, like, you know, it's, uh, it can change on a dime. So we've got to really keep the mentality, right? The mentality piece is, is crucial. Um, if you want something in the end. So we have our eyes on a prize and, and, uh, and we want to work every day to get there. And the intensity in our training environments picked up and the guys welcome that. Our staff is welcome that. And it's just, uh, when you have these things clicking and, and the buy in, it, it makes the job really fun. He's Eric Quill. He's from the Houston area. Um, not only went on to play in Major League Soccer, but has really uh, put together a great body of work from a coaching perspective, starting with 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 youth soccer right on up to North Texas uh, and player development at that level. And uh, MLS associated with FC Dallas on to being an assistant coach at Columbus. Now heading up New Mexico United in the USL Championship, who are on the rise. They're four one and two under Eric. Uh, at this time, let's talk about the environment, because even prior to you being there, I always just kind of love this this thing going on in New Mexico, uh, averaging 10,000 plus last year. Uh, there is a lot of community engagement, a lot of state engagement and then a really cool stadium. They call it the lab. It's a, it's a minor league baseball stadium, but it's it's actually a really cool environment. Just take us into all that and what you've experienced so far. Well, it's it's just unique um how the whole state um gravitates towards new mexico united um you've got people that travel long distances to be at the games um it doesn't matter if it's a wednesday night or a saturday um they're coming out uh 10 plus every game uh so it's just and then when you're in the stadium the these guys aren't just sitting there idle in their seats um we've got the curse behind the goal that is rowdy all game long um, fan engagements, they're into it. They're soccer knowledgeable. Um, so it makes, you know, 90 plus minutes of the game just really enjoyable and, and adrenaline rushed, uh, because you just, you see the passion that they, they, they cheer with and they root with. Um, so as I can't imagine what the players feel because it's, I mean, I'm just a coach on the sideline. I don't get to touch the ball. Um, but from the, from a coach's perspective, it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun coming out of that tunnel. And, and seeing the fan engagement. Is it a, is it a, is it a good healthy pressure that you would want for your players? Do, do you, do you feel that? Because that's a necessary ingredient, right? 100%. I mean, especially with, with we're going to, you know, with young players coming in and, and uh, you know, the veterans obviously are used to playing in front of crowds, but the young ones, this is where their real development happens when uh, the pressure's on the line with a rowdy crowd um, and having to del- deliver. Uh, so, it, you know, from that standpoint, we're really, a unique environment for development for the young players uh, because the, 
like I said, the fans, the fans want to see a great product on the field and they, and they deserve that. And so we're really blessed to have such a, such a fan engagement. So these players, these young guys are really um, sort of starstruck when they walk out for the first time and, and get that engagement, but they're, they're going to grow. These guys don't know it yet, but they're going to grow at fast rate. And, uh, and that's the expectation. He's Eric Quill. He is uh, the head coach of New Mexico United. So that's a really interesting thing to me because as MLS Next is kicked off, I notice a lot of these games are really just played in front of staff. They're not played in front of big crowds. You don't have the element that you have at New Mexico United of of a real crowd in the USL Championship and, you know, 10,000-plus people. Is that something, having been on both sides of the, this, Eric, that, you know, I'm not trying to sound the alarm bell here, but is that something that you think is missing from MLS next? That's a pretty important ingredient when it comes to player development. I do. I do. I think anybody would tell you the same, even guys working in the MLS next environment. While it's a great league, it's a very technical league. Um, you know, the, the pressure of a, of a crowd um, you can't simulate um, with noise on a, on a speaker. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's something you, you have to have. Um, so it's just like repetition in soccer. It's basically putting yourself in a, in a stressful environment over and over again, and you're going to grow. You're going to sink or swim. And so I think that that is an ingredient missing um, that's important. Uh, but the, the league is obviously very great with young talent. And, um, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a debatable <clears throat> argument um, on whether or not there's still a, a big gap between, you know, that – that environment and and what USL championship provides uh, because of the fan engagement. So, you know, I, I, I typically sit on the side of, of guys learning to play in front of crowds and having pressure on them. Um, but there's, 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 you know, positives and negatives to both. And, and uh, but I, I just really enjoy this environment for our young guys. Eric Quill joining us, coach of New Mexico United USL championship. Well, having been on both sides of it, I mean, just assess level of play in MLS next to USL championship. Well, you have, you know, you have men that have, have put in a lot of years under their belt and they have and the athleticism and the speed and the mentality is very, very high here in USL championship and the desire um, to, to win is, is, is very high and it's becoming more technical to be honest. I think if you look at the league compared to five, 10 years ago, um, there's some really good footballing teams out here and they have a lot of, a lot of talent and they're, they're getting better and better. So I think they're, you know, more and more teams are playing a better brand. Um, but the 27, 28, 29 is still, I mean, these guys have families, they got you know, mouths to feed. And so there's a, there's a really, you know, there's some, some pressure that goes with that. And these guys deliver on a daily basis. These guys are super professional. They understand what it takes to, to win and, and be, uh, a champion, and so it's uh, it's a it's a very um, high level environment for for these guys, especially our young guys coming into and getting to learn on a daily basis from these guys that have been around doing it for a while. So I really like this league. I think it's getting it's getting more and more technical, but it's got great speed and athleticism and transition um, games at a high level. So it's providing pretty much everything you can ask for. And Eric, uh, you, you just touched on another piece that maybe MLS Next doesn't get as much, that, that older, hungry 28-year-old. Um, you know, obviously some players are dropping down to get back and regain fitness. 
on on, on two teams or, or second teams. But, I mean, that's the other beauty of a young player being in the USL Championship, right, is the fact that they are going up against hardened veterans that are uh, trying to make ends meet, uh, work in life, raise families, and be a professional soccer player. Yeah, it's it's probably the second part that that ingredient missing is is uh is these guys have desire behind them, like I said, because of the families, because of uh, their years of experience, uh, and and you know as your as your clock is ticking, you want to try to grab as much you know as many trophies as possible before you have to hang them up. And so that when when that end end is in sight, it's a real it, it, it motivates you to come to work every day to to enjoy you know, the blessings you have to play this game and our guys don't take that for granted. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't ever forget that. It's uh, what a privilege to be involved. Your whole life has been about the game of soccer. I mean, from growing up in Houston, playing on youth soccer fields all over the area, um, your whole life. I mean, uh, the, the fire got lit under you as a young kid, didn't it? It did. I, I tell people in its simplest form, I've been obsessed with a round ball my whole life. Um, and it's given me everything I could ever ask for in, in, in this life. And so I really want to make the most of it every day. I, I don't take it for granted. And, and I still enjoy it like a kid at age of 45 right now. So um, I, lo- I love my profession. I love the people that I get to interact with in the profession every day. And that's just, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Eric, before I let you go, I just want to retell the story of you uh, identifying Chris Richards in Alabama. You brought him to Houston for a year with the Texans when you were working at the youth level, and then you moved him on to FC Dallas. And now to see him, you know, playing over in England and representing the U.S. national team and being a good bet for the 2026 World Cup. I mean, that, that that's got to bring a kind of full circle for you, doesn't it? <laughs> It feels like it was yesterday, to be honest. Uh, but what a what a what a story! What a, what a great kid! What a, what an athlete! What a what a footballer! Um, you, I saw all those things in him immediately. Um, and then what's even more impressive is this, the human being side of Chris Richards is is as top level as you can get. So this kid's worked as hard as, as anybody. He's a great great person. Deserves everything he's gotten. Um, he's he's worked to get there. He's going to continue to grow. I got a chance to see him go over to, to England and watch Crystal Palace last, in, the, in this last season. Um, and so I'm just really proud of, of who he's become on both sides of the game. It's just, you know, inside the lines and outside. He's a, he's a beautiful person. Amazing where this game has taken you as well. Next up for you is Orange County in the USL Championship, who've won four out of their last five. What type of team are they? They're impressive, man. They, they've got both sides of the ball going and they're 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 especially with the attack they're they're dangerous um so we've got to really get our game plan right um get our guys motivated it's on the road so every you know road games are always you know difficult so but we're hoping to again we don't want to change our mentality it's more about us and keep uh, an aggressive mindset keep playing downhill um we don't we don't take our foot off the gas for anybody and so we want to, that, that mentality will stay with us all year long, no matter who the opponent is. So we feel good about where we are, um, but we have, we have to respect uh, each opponent. He's Eric Quill. Uh, next up uh, will be Orange County. Then it's on to Hartford Athletic. And then back home, you'll take on San Antonio FC, who many of us are very familiar with in the state of Texas. Eric, uh, a big thank you for doing the interview. Also, best of luck this coming weekend and in the future. And and thanks as always for coming on. Thanks Glenn for having me anytime, brother.
All right, that's Eric Quill, Houston area youth product, uh, on to great things both as a professional player and now as a professional coach in the USL Championship. We'll take a break here. DaspitLaw.com, presenting sponsors of Soccer Matters. The night tonight, Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. 512 call now, daspitlaw.com. Now they are bilingual. You get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, uh, you need a, a personal injury attorney, you need the best. The best is a Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. 512 call now, car, boat, motorcycle, maybe you work construction, might drive an 18 wheeler. It's daspitlaw.com, 512. Call now for the best in representation. Also, give us a subscribe. Spotify, Apple, Google. That's where you can get the podcast of this show and the one in Houston each and every week. LamontBrands.com for your Soccer Matters t-shirts and hats to benefit the 501c charity Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer. All right, here from the Miami Herald, Michelle Kaufman. There's no better person to talk to than from the Miami Herald. She is Michelle Kaufman, longtime supporter of the game in this country and covering it uh, and now into the messy period. And Michelle, thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I mean, just every moment of it. My life changed on June 7th. I can tell you, I was actually under the Eiffel Tower on vacation with my husband when I got a call from a very good source that this was going to happen on that day and that wherever I am, I should get near a computer and I said, oh, no, I just left the Musator saying I'm standing under the Eiffel Tower. And the person said, well, you might want to see if they have Wi-Fi there because you're going to be working today. And <clears throat> from that moment forward, it's been a whirlwind, to be honest. That's kind of ironic. You were in Paris uh, with Paris. I was there. On the day. Yes, you know? I was. Th- I was there and he was there. I don't know why he didn't invite me to the little powwow. You know, I think I should have been invited. But it was funny that I was in Paris and he was probably, who knows, he may have been 200 yards away from me. I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a crazy day. And, and you know, ever since then, I mean, the the buzz in Miami, you know, Miami, people sometimes say Miami's not a good sports town or whatever. When it comes to soccer, I mean, this place is crazy for soccer, particularly the Latin American uh, fans that are here. And there are roughly 150,000 Argentines that live in Miami and uh, Miami and South Florida. and um, and then that doesn't even count the Colombians, the Brazilians, the Paraguayans, the Venezuelans, all the people from Central America, from the Caribbean. It's a huge, huge soccer market, uh, especially for international soccer. And so Messi is, you know, he's a god everywhere, but he really is a god here. And so in the last few weeks, gigantic murals, uh, we, I've written stories about it, you know, huge murals have come, have popped up all over giant buildings in downtown Miami. Artists have come from Argentina to paint these huge murals that you see in Argentina, Buenos Aires, uh, all of a sudden they're all over Miami. The, the Messi's face is everywhere, all over Miami. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just been crazy. I, I had the practice today, his first training session that was open to the media. And uh, they allowed 200 media, credentialed media to come in. They had to cap it at 200. 
I think there were more like 400 credential requests to go to the training, uh, 200 people. I will tell you that for the last three and a half years, I've been covering soccer in this market since the Miami Fusion days. But as far as Inter-Miami goes, in the last three and a half years that I've been covering this team, I was often the only person at the training. It was me, Phil Neville, and the team, or, you know, me and Diego Alonso and the team. Sometimes there were two or three others. There was, you know, maximum three, uh, three or four at the maximum reporters that would come to training. And oftentimes I was the only one. And, uh, you know, I would drive over there an hour and 10 minutes and sit there. But, you know, I always thought it was cool to go and sort of get some FaceTime with the team. Well, now... I am one of 200 people. I mean, the security guards are just shoving me aside the way they throw everyone else aside. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the OG. I am Michelle Kaufman. Do you not know who yeah. I am? I've been here every day. I'm, I'm here when I'm interviewing Noah Allen and, and you know, interviewing Yedlin and interviewing Breck Shea and, you know, Will Trapp and Luis, you know, Robles. Uh, but here we are now with Messi and Busquets on the field today. I, I almost, I really could not believe my eyes. I mean, I know that this has really happened. I, I saw it with my own eyes today. I saw him there <laughs> running around with the team. And and it's still mind-boggling to so me Michelle, that let me they just, were able let me, to do this. Let yeah. me just cut you off for a second because I want to make sure who everybody knows who you are. It's Michelle Kaufman, Miami Herald, as you're mentioning there. So I want to ask you some questions about some things specifically. Um, and she's with Miami Herald. She is at uh, at Kauf Sports on Twitter, K-A-U-F sports at cough sports on twitter great writer michelle so based on the fact that you have been the only one there is there anybody in the organization that's kind of like going hey we need to show michelle kaufman a little bit of loyalty here oh yes absolutely i mean okay. i did i did a one-on-one -on -one, well two-on-one this afternoon with david beckham and jorge mas and i was the only you know i was really the only local and the only print outlet that got to do an exclusive, you know, just by myself. There was a round table with some other reporters who cover the team good. fairly regularly. Yeah, they they have been very good. Uh Jorge, in fact, um, right at the beginning, Jorge decided he wanted to give something to the four or five of us that have shown up all the way back from the beginning. So he did a Zoom call with us before they did any media with anybody else, he said, I want to take care of the locals who have been here from day one. Excellent. And I want to give them something, give a, give them something before the masses and the circus arrives. And so yeah. we did have a very nice long conversation with him where he explained a lot of the background, how this came to be. And, uh, and it was really very useful for those of us that cover the team regularly. Excellent. So yes, I would say that the club has been very good about not forgetting those of us who were there from the start. She's Michelle Kaufman, Miami Herald, at Kauf Sports, K-A-U-F-S-P-O-R-T-S. And by the way, you know, your comment about Miami is really interesting because that's the same comment we get in Houston. And people go in droves to international soccer here, just like Miami. And there are a lot of similarities, maybe a little different demographic with the volume of people in certain communities. But the same thing happens here. It's just not been an MLS uh, product city. Um, and I know that's right. been the same with inner Miami, which is now going to change. All right. So I heard Jorge Mas say something about the potential. If the team went far in, in the league's cup, 
that potentially the game could be played in the Dolphins stadium. Now, I know the Dolphins owner is not too happy with MLS. Is that something that could be a reality? And, you know, I kind of think of that even with regular league games. I mean, you can sell more than what uh, Pink Stadium holds, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's been a big question. Dry Pink Stadium only holds 19. They added 3,000 more seats. On They added two little bleachers on the corners to make it 22,000. But right now there's only 22,000 for Lionel Messi games. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a nice temporary stadium, but it's a temporary stadium. It's, it's basically a, a pink and black and gray Lego set, you know, that they put up and, and it's nice. I mean, it, it, they've done as good a job as they can. It really is. It's not a bad facility, but the, the capacity is, is small. And so everyone kept wondering, why don't they just play at hard rock? Why don't they just play at hard rock, which is 75,000? Um, you know, it is true that the Dolphin ownership and MLS, there's always been that that sort of tug of war between relevant sports, which is his organization, Stephen Ross's organization, that that brings over the international uh, IFC, whatever it was called, the IFC or whatever they called it, the you know the champions. They would bring over Chelsea or Manchester United or bring over Barcelona, Real Madrid, bring those teams over and play in the summer. And I think MLS's view was always like, you know, why are you bringing this in the middle of our season sort of to show like, oh, this is the real soccer here. You know, these are the real teams that we're bringing over. So there's always been a little bit of a tension there. Um, but I did I did speak to Jorge today about this. He said that um, what he's talking about is U.S. Open Cup for sure. U.S. Open Cup, they're in the semifinal already. Yeah. Uh, they're playing at Cincinnati in the semifinal. If they win, if Miami wins, uh, beats Cincinnati, and if Houston, by the way, is the opponent, the game would be in Miami, I believe. Um, I don't know which one it is. I think it's it's Houston's playing Real Salt Lake, right, in the yeah. other semi? Yep. Um, one of those two scenarios, it's in Miami, and the other scenario would be on the road. If it's the one in Miami, he said that he has already been in talks with Tom Garfinkel of the Dolphin organization to – to possibly host the game there. Uh, he said that for a cup final, they would consider playing at Hard Rock or for some kind of big, a big event game. But he has said that the league games are still going to be at Drive Pink Stadium. That That's what he has said. But, but it would not surprise me if they were to make a cup final, that that final game would be played at a, at, at, at a Hard Rock Stadium. Michelle Kaufman at Kauf Sports on Twitter, Miami Herald. She does an amazing job. She's given us great information in this, this interview. All right. So Lionel Messi's there. Sergio Busquets is there. It's that now seems like Jordi Alba at the time of this interview. There's talks about Luis Suarez. How much conversation occurs uh, amongst the reporters? And are they probing with the question? How is this working in an MLS league that has a salary cap? Yep. Well, um, a lot of questions are being asked. Alba's coming in as a TAM player. They have been, uh, the truth is, the first half of this season, they they pretty much sacrificed the first half of this season for the second half in the future. Um, they have been collecting. They have been gathering like, you know, like squirrels gather acorns. This team has been gathering TAM and GAM and all the other letters that are in the uh, MLS alphabet. <clears throat> they got rid of higher-priced players. Uh, they have been starting four teenagers 
from the Youth Academy, Youth Academy four, four, and and actually the last game there were five. Five, one guy 20 years old and four teenagers were starting for the team. These are guys that are making minimum who are literally coming up from the academy. So they've been saving a lot of money uh, to use for these players that are coming in. And the other thing is, and this is partly from what I've been told and partly what I truly believe in my heart of hearts, that this situation is a very unique situation that we are seeing, which is that these guys, it's not about money. It really is not about money for this, for this little group of players of, well, you know, Messi is making a ton of money. He's going to make a lot of money and he has all the sponsorships for Busquets, for Jordi Alba and Luis Suarez. If he were to come, they already have a lot of money. They are still getting money from Barcelona uh, residual money that's still coming, deferred money from, you know, back-ended contracts or whatever. This is what I've been told. So <clears throat> money is not their motivator. The motivator is, it's really two things. This is a little squad of guys. It's almost like a band that's doing a reunion tour, okay? These are messy. It's messy and friends. Messi and his closest friends want to play together before they all retire. They want to play together. They all love Miami. They vacation in Miami on a regular basis. They come here. The, the, Messi already has two luxury condominiums here. I think a couple of the other guys also rent condos here. They love this city. They love the, the fact that it's a Latin American city where everybody speaks Spanish. The reporters speak Spanish. That's actually been an issue a little bit because there are only a couple of reporters in this market who don't speak Spanish, who cover soccer. And it's going to be difficult for them because Tata Martino is only doing interviews in Spanish. Lionel Messi is only doing interviews in Spanish. Busquets does speak English, but the other ones don't. It's a very, very Latin team. A lot of the players speak Spanish here, and the coach now is Spanish only in the interviews. So <clears throat> they let you ask questions. I do. I speak Spanish. My family's Cuban, Cuban-Jewish. We're Juban. So I do speak <laughs> fluent Spanish. Yeah, we're Jubans. Um <laughs> I do speak fluent Spanish, and that, and that is a big benefit being on this team. The the Anglo-only reporters are going to have a little bit of a tough time to keep up with the press conferences where they do allow English reporters to ask questions, and they will translate the question to the to either Tata or Lionel or whoever the player is, and then they'll translate the answer back into English. But they don't translate any of the parts that are being done in Spanish. So there's a whole conversation going on in Spanish and Tata's telling jokes and everybody's laughing. And you're kind of, if you're not part of it, you don't understand it. You're a little bit on the outside looking in. So anyway, all that being said is my way of saying that these are <clears throat> three or four, if Suarez were to ever end up here, these are three or four guys who are very close friends, all Spanish speaking. They all love Miami. They're all friends of Messi. And for them, it's not about money. They are not. Yes, they were making 15 million at Barcelona and they're going to be making far, far less than that to come here. I mean, you know, less than a million, maybe 1.5 or less if they're Tam or whatever. What I've heard is these guys just want to play together and they want to play with Messi and they want to play in Miami and they want to experience life in the United States. And they are really intrigued by MLS. They really are intrigued by MLS. They feel that it's a growing league. They they like the Apple deal that, you know, the, the 
fans all around the world can watch them on all the different continents, can tune into the games. And uh, <clears throat> I just think it's it's kind of a perfect, um, it's just a very unusual scenario. But I really don't think that it's about money, but I think it's going to be hard to convince the public or the media of that. It just seems crazy. It just seems that they're going to have to bend a lot of rules, bend it like Beckham, you know, they're going to have to bend a lot of rules to bring in all these players. And people are saying, well, how in the world are they doing this? I think it's possible that these guys just are taking humongous pay cuts to come here. I really yeah, do think it's possible. I agree. And I, and I think, I think I suspected that. And I think a lot of people suspected that at this stage of their careers, talking to Michelle Kaufman at cough sports on Twitter. I want to backtrack a little bit though, to it being a very Hispanic team. Is that the direction David Beckham and Jorge Mas really want to lean this team? Is it, is it really about making it a team that appeals more to the Hispanic fan in Miami? Oh, there is no question. And, and that's actually been the plan from day one from the Miami fusion the plan from MLS was that the Miami team was going to be the Latin American team. The adopted team of all of Latin America was going to be the Miami team. They wanted this team when they brought in Carlos Valderrama, you know, as the, as the main player on that team for the fusion. The idea was this team was going to be <clears throat> in the urban core of Miami, in the middle of the Hispanic neighborhood. Hispanic families would walk to the games the stars on the team were going to be Spanish-speaking. Most of the top players who played for the Miami Fusion were Spanish-speaking players. The first coaches that they brought in were, were Argentine and Brazilian coaches. Um, and so, you know, the idea from way back, from 1997, the idea was this is going to be a Latin American MLS team that is going to expand the reach of this league into South and Central America. And people from those countries are going to want to wear Miami shirts and follow these teams. And right now, this is a perfect opportunity. I mean, all of the, the signage, the songs that the, the, the fans hear, La Familia, the fan group is called La Familia. All of the songs are in Spanish. I don't even know if there's one English one that's sung. It, you know, there are a couple, but most of it is in Spanish. Um, <clears throat> the players speak Spanish. The Right now, I mean, when Phil Neville was here, he actually does speak some Spanish that he learned at Valencia. But, you know, most of the practices were conducted in English. Uh, with Tata and his group, I've already heard. I mean, all, the, the practices are being run in Spanish. The press conferences are being run in Spanish with a few English questions being asked. So, yes, this is going to be a very, very Spanish-leaning, Hispanic-leaning team. There's no question about it. Michelle, and they're not apologizing. They're not apologizing for it. They're not. Well, good for them. I mean, if they're not apologizing for it, they're making it very clear to the public. And, and, and I think that's a great thing. Michelle, this is great stuff. You're going to you got some good times and a lot of work in front of you. I can sense your excitement in the interview. I love it. Keep it up. Enjoy the enjoy the situation because Lionel Messi just landed in your backyard. You're going to have a great time and do a great job covering it. Thank you for coming on tonight. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk to you. All right. That's the one and only Michelle Kaufman at Kauf Sports, K-A-U-F Sports, Miami Herald. Okay, that does it tonight for Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com, 512-CALL-NOW. They are bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they will fight for your right for compensation. Get the best in personal injury attorneys, daspitlaw.com, John Daspit, 512 Call now. Lamontbrands.com for your Soccer Matters t-shirts. By the way, we have 
various shades of green over there, all to benefit the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation. That's LamontBrands.com. Get your Soccer Matters t-shirts and hats for Jack Farrell. I'm Glenn Davis. Thank you for tuning in, as usual, to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. And in the-